Hello and welcome to SEO SAS, your special answering service when it comes to SEO topics, rants, questions, the lot. Hosted by myself, Hannah Bryce, SEA manager at Holland and Barrett, and the wonderful, beautiful, clever, charismatic, you know, all the all the adjectives, Sarah McDowell, SEO specialist at LikeMind Media. This show is brought to you by the team at LikeMind Media. Like My Media help clients find their audience and start having conversations with them, whether that's on social media, content, or even podcasts, just like this one. We're actually using their podcasting equipment right now. They're super lovely people who take time to understand your business and think like you. Thanks, Hannah. Just wanted to give you guys a quick heads up that we've set ourselves up on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that supports projects just like our podcast. So for £5 a month, you can become a premium member of the SEO SAS podcast and receive additional benefits such as bonus episodes. You'll be the first to know about episodes, events, anything that we're up to, plus more. So If that sounds like your kind of thing and you want to get involved, you have two options. You can visit www.patreon, spelt P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash SEO SAS podcast. Or you can go to www.patreon.com and then in the find a creator search bar, search for SEO SAS and we'll come up. So we look forward to you guys becoming a member and enjoying those additional benefits. But we just want to quickly say thank you so much to everyone who supports our podcast. So thank you for listening, for sharing our episodes, for leaving lovely reviews and feedback, for guests that come on and chat with us. We just want to say thank you for supporting us as we couldn't do this without you guys. So yes, take care everyone. Sarah, I, I got—I just went blank then. That is fine. I mean, this is our third podcast that we're recording. Yeah, of the day, yeah. Of yeah. the day. So, you know, we, we should cut each other some slack. And the Do you know what it was? Do you know what it was? When I was giving more adjectives, I was like, I was going to say slim. And then I was like, is that a good thing to say? <laughs> slim. Because I was just picturing you and I was like, good body. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, that's people, people want to know that. 2D Sarah when she turns to the side you can't see her she disappears <laughs> um, <laughs> can I just say congratulations with your new job thank you yes yeah, so I think we're probably a little bit behind in announcing it but um yeah, yes made a nice move to Holland and Barrett hope it goes all good and a new challenge for you a new job a new business absolutely and uh, a very strange time to be starting a new job obviously yes how is that I mean I'm guessing you're just going to start working remotely are you or yeah I think everybody is working from home right now which obviously is a really good thing you've met them haven't you you had a social or something Yes, had a team social that I got invited to beforehand, which I'm actually, I was really grateful for at the time and I'm even more grateful now because at least I have some clue of the kind of people that I'm I'm talking to and you know what, it was really nice, they're all really lovely. Well I'm sure 
we'll hear more about your job in the next few months and how you're Absolutely. settling in and stuff but yes cool how's um, that going your end yes i mean to be completely honest it's like we're living in a really rubbish horror film <laughs> you know it's because go on yeah? go on it's well, the, see each other we're just like i want to talk i want to talk i can't see you i can't read your language your body language no because it's very eerie and quiet out there and everyone's doing their best and this situation does bring out the good in humanity so i see so much good stuff going on like people supporting each other especially the vulnerable out there so at the same time it has seen that shows the worst in humanity as well doesn't it Oh, yeah, especially, I guess, in the UK and the US where people are panic buying so much or have been <sighs> panic buying so much. How is food shopping going for you? I'll tell you what, I mean, God bless delivery drivers. And I mean, especially the ones where they just leave the thing at your door, knock on the door and then walk away and sign for it for you. But we had, um, obviously, we tried to do it an online delivery order for food. And from the time that we placed the order to the time that it came, we'd, everything had gone out of stock and we'd have to go back in and change everything. And there was one in particular, which um, I found brilliant, to be honest, because we ordered waffles, potato waffles, right? And they substituted it for potato smiley faces. Uh. Um, I don't think, I don't, I think the last time I had those was in primary school. So tonight, I'm really looking forward to some Linda McCartney sausages potato smiley faces and beans i wish i could invite myself over i know right how excited i'll send you a picture of my smiley faces oh i've not i want some smiley faces well they've got them it's that's not one of the things that people are rushing to buy apparently so waffles <laughs> on the other hand not so lucky the thing that i don't understand right is where people are putting all of this stuff yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like, where is all your toilet roll going that you, you stockpiling? <laughs> and the freezer section, like, where are people buying additional freezers? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, I just want, like, just to say my part on it, just try and think of others and just buy what you need. Because I don't think, and I mean, I'm not a, an expert in Corona at all, but there has been no announcements about food delivery stopping do you know what I mean? Or mm. us running out of food. So, like, just calm down, people. Buy what you need. <laughs> so, and use yeah. what's in your cupboards. It's about time to eat that, I don't know, fruit cocktail that you've had in there forever. Yeah, and get a bit... I mean, I'm taking this opportunity to get a bit creative with what we've got. And, like, we started batch cooking and freezing dinners anyway when we do cook a meal we just make sure that with our portions we get four portions out of it so we can have the two that we eat and then we freeze the other two for the next week and then we don't need to go food. do you know what i mean it's just yeah about being we do that yeah savvy and stuff but yes but anyway shall we stop talking about corona and talk yeah. about seo <laughs> yes and excitingly we've got a question to start us off so thank oh, you yes <laughs> sorry i just got excited yeah uh, we got a question from the public <laughs> so thank you very much to kennedy from the email marketing show who has asked us what are the top metrics that are actually useful to measure to check your seo is improving based on your efforts with it and the reason we've chosen to answer this question during this podcast is because this podcast is going to focus on 
Google Search Console, and there is so much that you can measure with this. But just to briefly answer the question, Sarah, what would you say? I would say you should measure the stuff that makes sense to your business and your end goals and stuff. So whatever marketing that you are doing, not just SEO, any marketing, it has to work towards your end goals and overall goals as a business. So whatever you are deciding to do, do or whatever you're tackling, make sure that you're me- what you're measuring measures up okay, to <laughs> your business end goals. I would say it's not a one size fits all really. And I'm going to do the classic SEO answer of it depends, but it very much does depend. Always ask, and I, I've just got this from Areej, so um, who we had on a previous episode, super lovely lady, awesome, very brainy, but she was always saying, ask why. And this is a great opportunity, a great opportunity, a great example of asking why so whatever you're measuring or Mm. whatever you're sort of tracking ask yourself why why am I tracking this what am I going to do with this information is it going to help me make the next decision is it going to make me plan better is it going towards my end goals so yeah and that's a bit of a wishy-washy answer from me but like you said this whole episode is going to answer that question for Kennedy anyway but what would you say I mean I love I love the point of like asking why, why are we reporting on this? Why are we measuring this? Because something that came up the other day is when we literally didn't have enough time, this is when I was still at Gymshark, from putting something live to when it came, when it wasn't live anymore, to make any much of a difference in terms of rankings. But actually what we could do is we could tweak metadata, we could tweak tweak what people were seeing in Google search results to help with click-through rate. So actually looking at sessions and looking at clicks and looking at impressions and where our rankings were wasn't the right thing to measure at that point. It was, has our click-through rate improved by what we'd put out there in Google search results? So yeah, I'm, I'm all about the uh, measure, measure what matters. Yes, measure what matters. I think that is really sensible. And yeah, that's what I would say. Hands down, hands down. Marvellous. Okay, so hopefully from this episode, We hope you'll go away with understanding the awesomeness of Google Search Console. Yeah? Yes, definitely. So for those who haven't heard about Google Search Console, I think, so obviously you have Google Analytics and Google Search Console. So the way that I would think of the two, so Google Analytics is something that analyzes, tracks, and gives you reports and data. And Google Search Console is the tool that helps you identify and fix things. Is, is, that, is that the best way of sort of saying the difference between analytics and Google Search Console just as a top level? Yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's a good overview of it, I'd say, yeah. And it's a free tool. So if it's the first time you've heard about Google Search Console, it's really easy to set up. There's Google gives you like five different ways of setting up Google Search Console. But generally, if you've got Google Analytics you can verify that you are the owner and then you can set up Google Search Console. But yeah, go to Google and sort of type in how to set up Google Search Console because this episode is all about getting into what you can do with it, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so at a very top level, let's start with sort of a brief overview and then we'll go into depth. Does that sound like a good way of tackling this, Hannah? Absolutely. You can decide in the first 15 minutes if this is one for you or not. 
exactly exactly so to kick things off let's start with performance so with performance in google search console here you can get an idea of how your site is performing in site searching for google so you can see how many clicks are coming from search results and organic traffic you can see how many clicks are coming from google discover search engine land have given a great description of what google discover is and google discover is the new name for google feed and shows you topics and news items around items that interest you so with google discover you can get information about your interests like your favorite sports team or news sites without searching for them so obviously with google discover google sort of learns your behavior and learns what you're searching about and what is important to you so with google discover it can tailor it to your interests and stuff so that's the performance side and then you can also check out coverage so a big thing with seo is making sure that google can access and index your website and pages on your website so with coverage you can check what pages have errors and then on the other hand you can check valid pages and make sure what ones are like getting that green okay from google also when you go into an overview there's also enhancements as well so these are i guess more little bits of detail in different little segments so there's a speed section which at time of recording is experimental <laughs> um, <laughs> i know mobile usability so seeing what comes on mobile and desktop and that kind of stuff breadcrumbs which is more sort of your schema and how that's working for you logos how those are displayed products amp so accelerating mobile pages how those are working videos and how they're shown up in search and unpassable structured data which again is like problems with schema and schema markup yeah so that's a very top level yeah of yeah what google search console or what you should be using google search console for should we Go a bit more in depth, Hannah. Are you ready? I think it's you, important that we do. Have you got your goggles on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a rubbish analogy from me. So let's go more in depth on Google Search Console. And I'm going to start with URL inspection. So within Google Search Console, you can input your URL and inspect it. And basically what this did, what this is is retrieving data from Google's index and when you retrieve data it will display whether the URL is on Google what the status of that URL is whether it's indexed or submitted in sitemap for example and it'll also give you information on enhancements so things like whether it's mobile friendly and with the mobile first index if if that's an error for you sort that one out any issues with breadcrumbs logos one of the most important things to bring up here is if not indexed or if there's an error that you fixed you can click request indexing at the top which requests for google to crawl and index again so this is very handy say that you've identified an issue with the url that's not been indexed and you to work on it to fix it always request indexing and make sure your fix is right and 
another cool little feature in here is you can test live URL and this button is in the top right of the of the tool. So here you can test whether it's able to be indexed straight away. Cool. Good overview. So for the performance section then, so I think this is probably my favorite part of Google Search Console. This is where you can see basically there's a graph view at the top and you can segment it by clicking on and off four different sections and those sections are total clicks, total impressions, average click-through rate and average position. So if you've got them clicked on there's four different graphs running at the same time and you can compare the date ranges and all that kind of stuff as well. Or you can click them off and just see clicks or you can just see click-through rate or say okay let's look at our clicks and impressions and are they crossing over, where's the disparity there. So yeah this is probably my favorite area. When you do select a date range, you can either select a range on its own or compare, and you can compare either sort of like the last seven days, the last 28 days, the last 16 months, which is the longest date range it allows, or just a customized view of whatever dates you want. You can also filter this section. So a really handy one is to filter by query, which means that you filter by a word that people have used. So what's really handy around sale periods to see actually what was our click-through rate in the sale period compared to a period when there wasn't a sale on, just query and include sale. So you literally press the filter and then select select query and put sale in and it will show you all of the queries that included the word sale, which is also really handy to see whether they're using your brand name there or whether you're ranking for searches that are whatever your product or service is and sale. Then you can also do the same by page. So you can see, actually, I just want to see all the queries that were related to this page and I want to see all the click-through rate for this page. Similarly for country, again, you can see that you can segment by that device, mobile or desktop, and then search appearance as well, which basically means position. So it will give you the average position that a page has been in and when when it has and the another really good thing about this is then you can just export it all so you can see okay if I, if I want to have a look at all the queries that people have used in the last three months and the clicks that are related to those which ones are we doing best for export it all and there's your nice little report lovely stuff lovely stuff Awesome. So moving on from performance, I'm going to talk about discover section. So within the discover bit, you can see total clicks, total impressions, average click-through rate, and you can view all three. So total clicks, total impressions, average CTR by specific page, countries, discover appearance and dates. So yeah, you can get really stuck in here and do a good bit of digging and rooting around to see to see how you're doing and, and what sort of data you get back from there. It's a bit like trending, isn't it, being in Google Discover? It's a bit like Twitter trending. Yes. Yeah, you're Google <laughs> trendy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good point. The index report is probably my second most used area or probably my I don't know, maybe my, maybe my first most used area, but I don't like it as much as the performance report um, because this is good for finding errors rather than seeing how fixes and stuff have gone. Oh no, you can still see fixes. Anyway, I'll get on with it. You're doing it me, flabbing. I know, sorry. In, um, in, in the index report, so index along the side, you'll see coverage. And then without, within that, you can see all your URLs that have got errors that Google thinks are attached to them. So examples of those errors that Google then goes into, you can see all the submitted URLs that haven't been found, which are 404s. 
you can see any server errors um, are there any submitted URLs and what I mean by submitted URLs are URLs that are submitted within your sitemap so any of those with crawl issues or blocked by robots.txt you can then click into the errors and choose to validate the fix if you've actually fixed it and that makes Google crawl it again mm. there's also your so as what well, they're all the URLs with errors then you can check out your URLs that are valid but with warnings and those are the ones indexed but blocked by robots.txt so Google's like don't worry, we've picked up your robots here. Yeah, it's going to be in the index, but it's in, yeah, we can see it's blocked by robots.txt. So there's not really anything you need to do with those unless those being indexed is causing you any issues, in which case then you need to look at other solutions. Valid URLs, these are ones that are either submitted in, in your sitemap and indexed, which is what ideally most of them would be, and then also indexed but not submitted in the sitemap. So if, if you can't change your sitemap or actually it's just not been updated for a while sometimes you still want those brand new pages to be indexed so it's worth checking that out and that's a really good report to go through to make sure that actually your sitemap is in good health and then also excluded urls which can be things like um alternative page with a proper canonical tag where google canonical tag <laughs> that's where google thinks you've chosen the wrong canonical tag crawl anomalies they're often soft 404s or 404s, pages with redirects, pages blocked by robots.txt, 404s, crawled but currently not indexed, ones where Google's chosen a different canonical to the user, or soft 404s. Now, I've just run over those really quickly, but in terms of what those mean, and because Google can explain that far better than I can, I've checked out Search Console help because their explanations are, I mean, what explanation is better than one from the horse's mouth? Very well said, very valid point. Thank you. Google says these pages are typically not indexed and we think that is appropriate. These pages are either duplicates of index pages or blocked from indexing by some mechanism on your site or otherwise not indexed for a reason that we think is an error. So just going back to this point, these are the excluded URLs, right? So they're excluded from search by Google. So Running through them again, alternative page with proper canonical tag, crawl anomaly, page with redirect, blocked by robots.txt, not found or a 404, crawled but currently not indexed, duplicate where Google's chosen a different canonical to user and a soft 404. Can I give a quick example of a soft 404? Just yeah, really yeah. quickly. So a soft 404 is, so an example where you'd get this is say you delete a, a page on your website or so say it's a product or something or the, the page is no longer there so you delete it and then you redirect that page to the home page. That isn't the thing to do because that isn't really a redirect because you just redirect into the home page. You're not redirecting to a page that makes sense. So Google will see that or typically see that as a soft 404. So that's just an example of a soft 404 that just came into my head. You know what? I never knew that. That's really good. Oh, okay. I mean, yes, I'm hoping that that's right. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it makes sense. Another one that I've heard, but not actually, I've, not, I've never had the proof to back it up with a soft 404 is when you've got pages that look like they've not really got any content on. So Google's like, mm, is this actually a page or not? Maybe you've just uh, okay. like a no products available at the moment kind of thing. Yeah. Again, I've never seen that in practice, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because we're good SEOers. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Awesome. Okay. Shall I move on to sitemaps? Yes, please. Okay. So obviously, if you talk to anyone in SEO and especially Philly Wheeze, sitemaps are very, very important. And I think 
you're a big advocate of getting site maps right aren't you hannah do you know what i love a site map yeah <laughs> i bloody love I them do. i, could, um, I, could, I happily I, do a talk on site maps i do think they're like the unsung hero do you know what i yeah. mean like if you get your site maps right they just do so much for you and then sometimes i think people forget how like how important they are but yes but anyway within google search console you can add a new sitemap and you can also review submitted sitemaps so you can uh, check out type when submitted last read by google date status so here you're hoping for success <laughs> and number of discovered URLs. So it's really handy because within Google Search Console, you can check that your site map is right and yeah, then there's no errors there for you. Also, you can you can deal with removals in Google Search Console. So here you can urgently remove content from Google's search index. So a couple of examples of this is temporary removals. So here you can check submitted requests, type, e.g. temporarily remove URL, requested date, the status of that temporary removal, so whether it's expired, for example. Another example of removing content urgently from Google search indexes if you've got outdated content. So you can request a removal of this said outdated content. So let's say you deleted a page, but it still shows up in search results. So yeah. Got a really good example for that one. So yeah, go ahead. You know, for example, if you've got your, say you've got your Black Friday sale come up and you've only just got the page sorted like a week beforehand or Maybe it's going live literally the night before. And but actually what's ranking is your, your old page. Ah. But you can delete the old page, but then it might still stay in Google's rank in the rankings. In the yes. Systems. So yeah, then, then you can say, please, please ignore this one. Please don't show this one to everybody searching for our Black Friday sale. Yeah, because that's not... A new one will take its place. Because that's not the one that, yeah. Um, that's really, yeah, great example there. So another thing that I'm going to bring up. I personally haven't had experience in this. Sometimes it's hard because with with SEO, you don't experience everything, do you? But there is something called safe search filtering. So say for example, you're managing a school, work or home network. Safe search can help you filter explicit content from Google search results. So within Google Search Console, when a third party has reported one of your URLs as containing adult content, Google, through this safe search filtering, says these can have the following values. So processing requests. So requests can take a few days or longer to process after being received. Request cancelled. The user who made the request cancelled it. Request denied. The re- Request was denied for many different reasons. Outdated content, not an index. Page not indexed. Content still on page. Duplicate request. Things like that. And filtered. The request was granted and the URL will not be shown in Google search results to users with safe search turned on. So it's just having an idea of what people in Google are deeming as adult content and whether... Like I said, the brands and things that I've worked for, 
I've not come across this before, but I imagine if like you're in the adult lingerie or adult toys business, for example, yeah, an interesting one. And within Google Search Console, you can check out security and manual actions. So this section is any issues detected manually by someone at Google. So it's like a a message inbox, isn't it? So yeah, so you get alerts about any issues manually by some someone within Google. So it is what it says on the tin. Yeah, they're picking on you. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Bear with us. We know this one's quite technical, and yeah, we'll try and make it as exciting as we can. But honestly, Search Console is an amazing tool. So even if you are half listening, hopefully you'll you'll listen to some of these points and think, oh, there's a there's a way of doing that. I'm sure it was in Search Console. And what I would recommend maybe doing is um, if you are listening to this episode while while you're in a car or doing some housework or whatever, whatever you're doing, maybe re-listen when you've got time to sit down with Google Search Console. And yeah. after we talk about something, pause and then go in and try it out sort of thing. Because, yeah, whilst these episodes are really good to like give you information and help you out, you have to... I would, and we would recommend you going out and trying these things yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, give it a crack. Cool. So a couple more areas to go through. There's a legacy tools and reports section. Now from this section, it might not sound like it's that crucial, but there's some really, really important and interesting bits in here. So I'm going to kind of run through a couple of those. Or, or well, I'm, to be honest, I'm going to run through all of them, but <laughs> I'm not going to go into too much detail. So the first one is international targeting. So this is really, really important because it shows you, well, it's important if you've got multiple countries that you've got stores or, or sites for. So it shows you the number of HF lang tags. It shows you the number of HF, HF lang tags with errors. And it's also where you can tell Google which country that you're targeting by which store. So really, really important if you have just gone national, but national, international, sorry. There's a cruel stats section. This is where you can work out your crawl budget. So you can see the pages crawled per day. It gives you a high average and low score. And then also kilobytes downloaded per day, same sort of thing, high average and low. And the time it spends downloading a page in in milliseconds. But yeah, really, really interesting here is the pages crawled per day because that's how you can work out how many pages are crawled on a monthly basis to see whether actually every every month of all of my pages getting crawled obviously really quickly you can see that on a daily basis just to interject here i'm guessing if you've got a relatively small site i don't it would be easier for google to get through your pages so i'm guessing this is like if you've got loads and loads of pages you're in e-commerce that's a really handy way to go and check stuff like that out and seeing what is yeah. getting indexed for a smaller site though if it's not crawling your whole site and you've only got 10 pages yes there's sometimes we just won't crawl a page if it's like if it takes longer than two or three seconds to load right fine yeah. if it's like 80 percent of your site that's not being crawled you've got two of your pages there that aren't being triggered at all by google so still worth everyone checking out yeah 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 definitely 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 um there's a messages section that's where you'll see where new issues are detected you usually get emails for these two and you'll get obviously the date on the email of when the issue was detected and these issues are usually um, mobile usability issues, so whether something's not displaying properly, coverage issues, so all of those issues I just went over before, markup issues with your schema, you fixing your breadcrumbs and things like that. I, I know I'm brushing over that, but it is issues within the schema. There's so much that can go wrong within the schema if it's not written properly. Mm. If 
it's like one change gets made to your site sometimes that can affect schema so it's always worth checking those out when they come up and then search performance reports it will send those out again via email monthly and it will just sort of say whether you're up or down on the month and that kind of thing then there's the URL parameters section and it says this help Google crawl your site more efficiently by indicating how we should handle parameters in your URLs. But if you've got a load of question marks, equal signs and 45793 hash S. That's not SEO friendly at all. No. And if you want to tell Google that actually that those pages do not need to be crawled, that's the way to do it. And um, you can also input parameters in there for like a UTM campaign that you don't necessarily want Google to notice. So you can look at URLs monitor, the date they're configured, the effect and tell it whether actually the effect of this is that it just paginates a page. You can say crawl the representative URL for that. And then, yeah, there's different options around that. Again, you're going to need to look at it. I can't explain it well enough over a podcast. Check it out if you think this is going to be relevant for you. Um, and then there's a web tools. So this is the ad experience report. And I had no idea what this was, but Google says the ad experience report is designed to identify ad experiences that violate the better ad standards. A set of ad experience that the industry has identified as being highly annoying to users. So yeah, I'm not going to go into any more depth than that. If you're advertising and you see, if you want to check out your ad experience report for your PPC. Yes. Awesome. 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 Okay. So one of my favorite areas of Google Search Console is the links section because obviously external and internal links are very important. Internal links are just as important as external, but that's another debate for another day, isn't it, Han? Yeah. <laughs> but yes, so with external links, you can see stuff like your top linked pages and you can see URLs and number of links, top linking sites. So the, the site and the number of links coming from there, top link and text. So yeah, it just gives you a good overview and of your back your backlink profile, as it were. You can also sort of identify spammy or bad links pointing to your site as well through through here. And obviously internal links. So again, you can see topped linked pages, URLs and numbers, number of links. So a big thing in SEO is obviously Google likes to crawl and Google call like doesn't want to come to a dead end sort of thing. So you can check orphan pages here, can't you? And also check, okay, what pages are getting the most links because obviously Google will see those as more important because they've got the more links to sort of thing. So it's a good place to sort of look at your sort of site architecture really and checking that, okay, my important pages, are they being linked to enough? And you might find that a page that's not that important is being linked to too much. So yeah, it's a good indication. Okay, maybe I need to review my site structure. I've never looked at orphan pages on that part but that sounds yeah sounds like I should have done <laughs> and yes and then you've got with every tool or anything that you're using you've got like your settings of it so within settings of Google search console you can sort out ownership verification so choose who can be the owner who you want to be read only sort of thing so yeah if you've got Depending on who you want to give access to your Google Search Console, you can sort out how high 
higher level so do you do you trust them to be the owner and editor or do you just want them to have read only sort of things and change of address as well in settings so very important so you could log a migration so moving to a new site address with google here which is very important to do if you're going through a site migration i believe we've already done a podcast all about that haven't we we certainly have it's still <laughs> one of my favorites that's pretty much all we're going to talk about for Search Console. But before we move on to the feature, what I want to just really mention is a really cool tool for Search Console. So I saw this on LinkedIn and thought it looked amazing. There's a, a lady called Hannah Rampton. She's a freelance SEO consultant. And she created a Search Console quick insights tool and a Search Console Explorer sheet. It's free and obviously just a Google sheet. So you, everyone can use it. There's a screenshot that she shared on LinkedIn. And it has lots of different insights, including advanced search, which is described as search for and exclude queries using contains or regex match, smarter sorting, order in more insightful ways, such as click and impressions, gains and losses, rather than just clicks and impressions, which is amazing. New queries, see all the new queries now receiving impressions, which did not in the previous period. Lost queries, which obviously is what it says. Top insights, gains and loss in the leaderboard format, segmented gains and loss, see the real picture with segmented gain and loss according to your search, and SERP distribution top 30, so clicks and impressions divide into the top three pages of the search results based on average position, and then add search volume data, so you can add your keywords in there for search volume and trends alongside per report. Absolutely amazing. There's, we can share the links, can't we, in, in the show notes? But yes, definitely. Um, if you have got a pen on you now, there's a bitly link, which is http obviously forward slash forward slash bit.ly forward slash SCE forward slash Hannah or go on hannahrampton.co.uk and then it's search console explorer sheet free Google sheet. Lovely stuff. I mean, it is amazing the SEO community and because people are always developing like resources or tools or templates to make other people's lives easier, aren't they? Absolutely. And Hannah Rampton, I think we're, we, we are in talks with Hannah, getting her on an episode, aren't we, in the future? Yeah. Which is really all very weird. exciting. So, yes, I mean, like Hannah said, that was a quite technical heavy. one, yeah. quite heavy. So I'm guessing we're all ready for a bit of fun and everyone needs the feature time, don't they? Yeah. And we're going to up the pace and I'm going to whiz through this one. <laughs> so because we're talking about Google Search Console, it changed from Webmaster Tools to Google Search Console in May 2016. So Interesting. Dubious, well, yes. And dubious link time. Google's mobile friendly boost update also launched in May 2016. Oh, tenuous yep. link, but still know, there, tenuous, folks. That's it. Yeah, that's tenuous is better than dubious. Much better work. It boosted the mobile friendly algorithm. But do you know which of these mobile facts are true or false? Hit me. There's one of those. So the source for this is ehorus.com. So E-H-O-R-U-S.com. Don't know how to pronounce that. Not going to try again. Um, <laughs> I, will, I will link to the show notes. Uh, in the show notes, sorry. But yes, go on. Test me. Um, Test me, Hannah. So true or false? The first call made from a mobile place in 1973. False. Incorrect. That was oh. true. You're good? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next one. A woman in New Jersey learned about her husband's affair by placing a mobile phone on voice record in the system of her ensuite toilet. 
I mean, that's genius. So, I mean, sad for the woman, but <laughs> true. No, sorry, I made that one up. <laughs> oh, Hannah, you're too good at that. <laughs> the first smartphone was born in 1997. No, false. That's true. Oh, gosh. In the 70s, we had a smartphone. Yeah. But I was... 1997. When, sorry? 1997. Oh, sorry. I, I had the 70s in my head. Carry on, carry on. <laughs> the Queen's current mobile phone is a Samsung Galaxy A50. Ah, uh, she strikes me as an iPhone person. You reckon? Well, yes. Fair enough. So that's a, that's a false. Yes. Correct. Hey. hey! By the way, we're not saying that she's got an iPhone. We don't know that. We haven't got a clue. If she's even got a phone. I wouldn't blame her if she didn't. Okay. <laughs> Switch um, up from the world. I know. Uh, a man in Japan has the world record for the longest text message written on a mobile phone using only his toes. No. 7,000 words. False, because I hate feet and I don't want that to be true. Oh, it's false. You're right. Hey! How would you, how creative was that, right? That was very creative. You never Thank cease you. to amaze me during these feature episode <laughs> uh, feature Thank sections. You. I need to pat on the back for that one. I love that. Being addicted to your mobile phone is called nomophobia. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it looks. It almost looks like no more phobia. Not no. Uh, phobia. Go on. True. Yeah, it's true. Hey. On average, in the USA, a mobile phone is dropped down the toilet every eighteen seconds. That's a lot of wet phones. <laughs> and I mean, the thing is that you meant to dry it out in rice, but we tried to buy rice yesterday and it was all sold out. Um, <laughs> false. That seems a bit too often. Yeah, that's false. Well done. Okay. Ignoring everything around you whilst you're on your mobile phone is called fubbing. P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. That should be true. It's true. Hey. In Finland, throwing mobile phones is a sport. And the longest distance record is 97 metres. No, that can't be a sport. It is. Oh. You, so you got four out of nine, which means I win. You win. Yay. I mean, that was very insightful, Hannah. Thank you. I enjoyed it. I, I very much did too. Who knew that someone would make a sport out of throwing mobile phones? I know, right? The world is crazy. <laughs> Right, so that brings us to another end of a SEOSES podcast. And it's also lunchtime, Hannah, which I'm very excited about. Me too. I think we deserve a little, uh, a good lunch this, this day, don't we? We do. So, yes, if you want to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email, hello at seospodcast.com. We're both on Twitter. Hannah is SEOSES Hannah. I'm Sarah McDuck. The podcast is SEO underscore SAF. Find us on LinkedIn and connect with us there. Um, is that everything? Well, you could also leave us a review if you think actually the, most of our podcasts are pretty good. Yes. That would be nice. That would be very nice. Very, very nice. And just during this crazy time of what's going on, be kind to each other, help each other out. Keep yourself a safe distance away from other people. Wash your hands. Any Anything else that we need to say? Keep positive. Keep positive, people. But yes, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time. 
Goodbye.